Welcome to the Work Can Be Different podcast. I'm Christy Daniels, your host. Listen in as we turn work and career as we know it on its head. How we work, how we approach work, and how we talk about our careers. Your point of power lies in the moment, and I'll help you align with your inner strength and intuitive wisdom. It's time to liberate you from mediocrity and stale patterns so you can fully unleash your purpose, passion, and treasured life pursuits. In today's episode, I talk with Joanna Pitt, Global Director of Operations for the Rama Institute of Applied Yogic Science and Technology based in Venice, California. We talk about how to use yogic technologies to advance your work and business, how to work with and move beyond a crisis in consciousness in your career, how directing your energy in a sincere effort can move mountains, and how refreshing your self-concept will free you from calcified roles and mindset. Join us for a next level experience of work and career. Welcome, Joanna, to the Work Can Be Different podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very, very happy to be here. So you are the Global Director of Operations for the Rama Institute of Applied Yogic Science and Technology. And the last time we checked in, you were running four yoga studios, a fashion line, um, a global leadership society, and multiple trainings and workshops hosted all over the world. Is that that about accurate? <laughs> that, that seems, yes, that seems right. A few e-commerce stores as well. Yeah, I'd throw those in. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your work and what you find most inspiring. Rama Institute is a global movement, I guess I would call it. Um, you know, we're rooted in the tradition and the science of Kundalini yoga and meditation. And over the years, Rama Institute has grown beyond, you know, sort of brick and mortar spaces where we're offering yoga or events um, to multi-day courses, online experiences, and, you know, we do a lot of in-person events or, you know, have done and will do again in the future um, in terms of retreats and things like this. So, you know, one of the things that I do is I make sure that the engines are running. I make sure that, you know, people are where they need to be, that information is getting moved forward, that, you know, legal and financial and, you know, the businesses are, you know, Move, moving, moving and grooving really and, and working well together. Um, it's very interesting. Our, our founder um, and CEO, Guru Jagat, is a true visionary and is constantly coming up with brand new ideas, new initiatives, new programs. And so one of the challenges and opportunities, I would say, is how do these work together? How do we, how do they fit into the matrix? Who is the audience? How do we introduce it? How do we sustain it, grow it? Um, you know, how do people experience it in the real world? Um, and this is an ongoing process. Um, when you work with someone or, you know, maybe it's yourself, like as an entrepreneur or whatever, you know, businesses grow and evolve and they, they have their own identity. I know Christy, you and I many years ago, uh, took Rama business school together, which is one of the you know, signature programs of our Institute, which really focuses and talks about business in, in the new age, the Aquarian age, the really the changing times of uh, on, on so many levels, business and career has changed and um, businesses have their own identity. I mean, this is one of the true yogic principles that we've, you know, explored and, and discussed and determined as sort of as a guidepost. And not only does Rama as a whole have an identity, but each of these individual, you know, sub businesses or programs or whatever, they each also have their own identity. Um, we talk a lot too about putting your aura around something, which sounds a little strange perhaps, but really it's the concept of fully like, 
in experiencing it on a energetic level. So can you, you know, embody the energetics of a fashion line or, you know, an e-commerce store or, you know, a digital program or a book or, you know, a series of classes or something like that. And so it's important for all of us at Rama, but certainly, you know, myself as a leader to do that on a daily basis. And, you know, this is something that, that we talk about and it's, it's, uh, seems a little funny and strange, but, you know, every day you have to touch in and feel it. Is this program running properly? Is, you know, is there, is, you know, is something off somewhere? How can we improve it? Um, Is that for another day? (laughs) You know, put it on the list for later, Um, you know, and intuition kind of comes into play in a lot of these ways as well of, you know something, you know it's moving right, you, you might know like it feels off, like that, you know, that book proposal needs attention or, you know, this program needs attention or, you know, gee, I haven't touched base with the team at Rama Institute New York in 10 days. I'm going to check in with them. Let's get on a call. So these are, these are things I think about on a daily basis. Um, yeah. This really is a next level experience in terms of managing operations, being part of the team, and serving the business as a separate entity, a separate identity. For listeners who this may be a new concept, what advice would you have or how do you go about doing that? That's really good. It's a great question. And I think from, you know, from the most basic level, you know, you could even just write down like, what are the, what are the aspects of this business? Like you could, you could start it. Like a lot of people use, you know, a business plan as a guide. It's a blueprint and really it's kind of boring, um, but it is an outline of sorts. (laughs) Um, You know, you could, absolutely start with something like that, but what does it mean? And you really need to go into the meaning of all of it and the experience of it, of, you know, not only of an employee as an owner or an employee, but from the second position of the customer, like, what do I want the customer to feel when they walk into my store? Or what do I want the customer to feel when they go to my website? Um, And so you have to get inside it. I mean, that's really the, where the magic sauce is, where you're, you know, you're feeling something and it's very experiential. And also, um, you know, another thing that we've been talking about a lot in regards to how things have changed is this sort of like a somatic experience where it's like, you're really feeling it from the inside out from the physical level. So, you know, what are the senses? What does it smell like? What is it, you know, what is it when you touch something? Is it like are all hard angles? Is it, you know, is it warm and fuzzy? Is it, you know, very heart centered? Um, and I think that those are sort of, you know, basic tenants. And then obviously you can kind of go as in depth and, you know, new age as you want, if you want to like put colors around it or, you know, draw it out of, you know, my, my business is we're all about security or we're all about, you know, whatever those aspects are and to sort of, um, you know, embody them. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's all about the experience. So first person, it's your own experience. Second person, you're putting yourself in the shoes of your client or your customers. And third person is you're the camera on the wall watching or observing the exchange. And this is something you can do in any business, any industry. Um, Knowing your background in marketing and perhaps being solely focused on being strategic and approaching things linearly, how has this approach um, shifted for you in terms of connecting with your audiences, your clients and your customers? How have you seen this help transform that relationship? I think that um, in the past, I always really considered this as a a silo, you know, every, every area was sort of distinct and unique. Um, I actually had a very um, positive experience years ago when I was working at 
tech startups. Um, I found myself um, in a team and we ended up going from bus- like business to business. Like the, the man that I was working with, he, he was like, you know, he's like, I have the marketing person. I have the analytics person. I have the production person. And he really sort of built this team of, um, you know, individuals that worked very well together. And so in a way I was able to see how all of the pieces fit. And we ended up going sort of from job to job to job in a way. Um, so it was sort of like, it didn't really even matter what the what we were selling or creating because all of the elements were there amongst the team. Um, and I actually think that that was a really uh, positive lesson. Um, and at the same time, I still had, well, they do that, or this person does that, or I don't do that. And, um, but over time I understood more about what those things were and it became interesting and attractive to me to, to get it and learn. And I'm very much the type of person um, who likes to do a little bit of a lot of things. And so in my current situation, it really plays to that strength where I do get to say, okay, well, I'm going to just spend the afternoon doing financial reports. And then, uh, you know, in two hours, I'm getting on the phone with someone talking about like, you know, concepting a new like fashion drop for the thing, you know what I mean? And it's like, I, they're kind of different. They're flexing different muscles. One's more creative, one's more analytical. And so I, I really enjoy that. And so that's an element that I think over the course of my career, I really have developed, which is to be able to walk into different types of scenarios and take your knowledge, your skill set, and use it towards something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's definitely a lot of people that are just like, I do the thing that I do. And that's, you know, that's the end of it. Um, I've also, even at, at Rama, I've had conversations with people and some of this one person said to me, well, I don't do that. And I thought, why? It's so much fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't you want to get your hands dirty? Um, you know, and at the same time, you know, you, there's also, you run into how much time doesn't, do I actually have to do all of those things? You know, you need to pick and choose. Where are you putting your time? One of the, the teachings that Guru Jagat has introduced and I have taken it on to an extent, because I think I overextend myself, which is X amount of time, X amount of energy. It's like where you you got one or the other, you know, you, you can either just, you got to use what you have basically and use it in the right way. And a lot of times, many of us go down a rabbit hole and you're just like, where did the day go? What did the thing happen? I just spent six hours on some document that's never going to see the light of day. So... <laughs> Yeah. And when you approach your work that way, where it's no longer about the silos, but about the integration and about being open to exploring and expanding, that also is reflected back on your customer's experience. It it becomes seamless. One of the things also, because we are rooted in yogic science and technology, is I you know, went through Kundalini training. I, you know, uh, that's how I even got here is, you know, I, I was working in corporate America. I was doing my thing. Um, I started doing yoga for fun. I thought it was super cool. I wanted to learn more. And then over time, I, you know, I invested more of my time doing it and it was fascinating. I just found like, oh gosh, my weekends are spent going to yoga workshops instead of out to dinner with friends or to a bar. And I just thought this is, I'm, my personal experience was, I was happier. I felt better about myself. I was less stressed. I had less anxiety. I, you know, slept better at night. Um, I had, um, you know, better, my relationships, you know, with the people closest to me were improving. So over time I was like, this stuff works. I want to do more of it. And um, I had no intention of working in this industry. I was, you know, again, working in marketing at the time I was working in entertainment. I did some technology, worked in some technology businesses. And, you know, I just felt like there was something else. There was some other 
thing out there for me that I would be able to use my variety of skills, my interest in many different things to sort of, you know, find a better spot for that type of, like to put my focus and my energy on. Um, and that was a real, um, it wasn't scary in a way, like it was very much an, an organic process. And it was really interesting because, you know, I grew up, um, my family's in the entertainment business and I'm sure a lot of people, all, you know, consider to go into the family business, whatever that family business is. And it's like, you think, well, my father's in this, or my mother does this, or my uncle, my cousin, or whatever, you know, well, they're a doctor, I should be a doctor, or whatever the thing is. They own restaurants, they're chefs, they're this, they're that. And I very much thought I was going to follow in my father's footsteps working in the entertainment business. My brother went into the business as well. And I, kind of had a crisis of conscious at some point where I was like, this isn't that fun. <laughs> you got into it. You dipped a toe into it, right? Yeah. I mean, I was like a few years out of college, like all my internships, this, that, and the other. I had doors opening. I was like, this is great. But at a certain point, I was like, is this really um, what I want to be doing? And I was scared. I, I thought I was really um, I was going to let him down. And I, I remember going through that period in my early to mid twenties and just was like, I have to talk to my dad. And I was terrified. Um, and you know, about this. And it's really interesting because then when I, um, you know, obviously I made it through that, um, thing at period. Um, but you know, so that when, when this time came up in this period of my life where I was sort of like, sliding into this job that I didn't know had an end goal or didn't, it didn't even exist. I mean, when I started working at Rama, I was, I was um, basically just volunteering my time. I was helping out here or there and, you know, it just snowballed, it grew and grew. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting. And this goes towards that comment about energy. It's like where you put your energy there and you know, if it's, if it's operating at sort of an honest and sincere level where you're fully embodied, it actually is going to move quite nicely. You know, you don't have to push. Or you don't have to have it all figured out. No, not at all. You can, you can, you can let it evolve. You can follow the, the business where it takes you even if that takes you out the door towards something else, you know what I mean? It's like, I had, I really had no expectation along those lines. And so it was really an interesting way of, you know, following a path, a different type. I guess I should say it was a, it was an interesting energetic way to follow a career or to an experience a career rather than have an end goal in mind, and then you're working towards something that you may or may not get. Yes. And it's such an important lesson for any listener who's still trying to find their life purpose. Why am I here? It's in the moment, being present, giving 100% to whatever is in front of you, and show up and watch the next door open or watch, yeah. you know, the next step will re be revealed to you. Yeah. I mean, and this is something actually that you've probably heard. I mean, people have been saying this in, in all kinds of traditions for a long time, which is, you know, even at the job that you absolutely hate, do your best. And if you excel at the job that you loathe and you hate, you know, something actually, something else will show up because you're showing that you can sort of like, you know, overcome or supersede the, the you know, the task at hand. And moreover, whatever that task is, chances are you're going to need that skill in the future. Mm -hmm. Even if you hate the repetitiveness nature of it or the whatever the thing is. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I've had a lot of not great jobs and I've had a lot of jobs. I mean, I've, you know, my average until I was in my forties was like maybe two years. Like I just, I never stayed anywhere for any period of time. 
yeah, I was always moving to the next thing. And when you talk about where you put your energy, that's where the doors open. What suggestions or advice would you give? How do you go about doing that? Or when you hit a roadblock or face resistance, how do you maneuver the energy to get the ball moving and to create the momentum forward? I would say two things. One is talk to people. Um, get introductions, learn about other businesses, learn about other, you know, types of careers or different things that people do listen to podcasts. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I love hearing about all kinds of things that people are doing all around the world. Um, you know, go deep into the things that actually interest you. Um, not the things that you're just wasting your time on like social media or whatever, but it's like, if there's something in social media that gets you excited, what is it? Is it looking at artists? Is it, you know, listening to music? Is it creating little dance routines? Is it, um, you know, are you into reading? Like where, you know, where do your true interests lie? Um, and, and again, like reach out to your networks and say, I want to meet people doing different things or you know, read course catalogs and, you know, I'd always do that. Like I also, um, I'm a big fan of education. I've taken a lot of, um, you know, classes, evening classes, weekend workshops, trainings, stuff like that. Um, and then I, you know, I would just say ultimately what ended up working for me. And by the way, that did work for me a lot because I remember when I did leave the entertainment industry, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, honestly. And I met with a bunch of people and this woman was like, oh, what about working in this field? And it was in media. I was work, um, she, I didn't even know this job existed, which was as a media planner for an ad agency. So uh, the, the job is like you evaluate and decide where ads are gonna run. Um, and it was like in print or TV or radio or newspaper. And at the time, like internet advertising didn't even exist. So I'll totally date myself there. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but I just thought, oh, that's so cool. It's like, I really was into it. And I wouldn't have known had I not had, you know, had a conversation with someone who, who mentioned it to me. Um, and so I pursued that and I got, ended up getting a job and I worked in that field for quite a while and really enjoyed it. And then I think as things moved, you know, through my career and I did this and that and whatever, and I just kind of, I have to just be honest, like I prayed, I really, I went inward and I said, this isn't what I've been doing isn't enough. And I know there's more, I know there's more to me. I know there's more out there. I have more to give. I have, you know, I have the rest of my life. What does that look like? I have absolutely no idea. And so I surrendered and I prayed and I used, um, specific meditations and Kundalini, um, yoga and meditation. I, I, I talked to my teachers. I said, this is, you know, I'm betwixt and between, what do I do? And they said, you know, listen to this, chant this mantra, try this meditation. And, you know, on some level, I mean, I don't want to say I was desperate, but I kind of was desperate because I just thought, I'm not going to start sending my resume out on monster.com or on whatever. Like I it's, that's a road to nowhere for me. And particularly because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so it was sort of like, do I just, you know, what are the rules in this scenario? And generally the rule is send your resume to everyone and everything and just shoot in the dark. And I thought, no, that's not what I need to do. I need to go inward and I need to, um, I need to, I need to like be better. I need to be the best me that I possibly can be. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, literally I had absolutely no expectation. And, and that was a real, like, again, another one of those major shifts um, of, of surrender. And it's such great career advice to go inward, generate your own energy, focus on what you really want, and then get excited about what it is that you're finding, you create a radiance and you'll attract the right opportunities for the right time. In working with clients, I'm always reminding them, you attract that which is looking for you, but you have to have that ability to go inward. Yeah. And it's scary. I mean, you know, it's like, what do you tell all the people around you? 
oh no, mom, I'm, I'm, don't worry, I'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's all going to work out. And, you know, and that's hard because it's like, you know, we're conditioned for the thing and it's like, where's the money coming from? Where's the thing, you know, and, and things would, you know, slowly they would show up and you'd get a little side project here, a side project there. And, um, you know, I just, it, it was, it's hard. I mean, I sympathize with everyone in this position, anyone going through a life change or transition where, you know, the next step is really unknown and you, you, the literally, in my opinion, the only way is to rely on yourself. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned the meditations and the mantras and Kundalini yoga is a householder yoga, which means there are ancient teachings relevant right now to help us all upgrade. Yeah. What suggestions would you have for listeners who may be resistant to learning these ancient wisdom teachings or doing yoga? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think it's, um, well, Kundalini yoga um, uses the 10 what they call the 10 body system. So we're not just a physical body. We have emotional, mental, spiritual aspects to us ourselves as well. And um, that can translate into the 10 body. There's a, uh, uh, the levels there. And um, it's really interesting because, you know, I started learning about them and, you know, the, you know, the, the soul level, the, the, the different aspects of the mind, the positive mind, the negative mind, the neutral mind. And, you know, all of these things are available. We all have them and they all are available to us and they need to be activated. And so, you know, it's one thing to, you know, do, um, uh, when you're doing physical exercise or something like this, you know, you're getting the, the physical body is getting a workout, but your mental body isn't necessarily, or, you know, maybe one thing is, but not the other. And so in Kundalini yoga, it really does activate all of these elements. So the practice of just doing a full complete Kriya will activate all of them in general. And then also, you know, there's specific things that you can do for, there are specific meditations for each of those 10 bodies, or, you know, you find the thing, the area where you feel that you need the most help with, or you just pick something and just go with it and see what happens, you know, um, which I think is part of it as well. And I think for me, um, there was a meditation called, um, I'm gonna, I'm like blanking on it right now. It's something about self-acceptance and uh, self-love. And I started doing that. And it's just a very easy, simple breath practice, like a simple like hand, a hand, we call it a mudra, hand position and a breath practice. And, um, oh, it's called the meditation for self animosity, um, which, yeah, with the thumbs together. And so, um, and it's only, only three minutes a day. I mean, it's super easy, super easy breath. You're just sitting, sitting on an easy pose or in a chair. And, um, I actually think it activates self-love. I mean, the title, you know, someone named it the meditation for self animosity, but, um, I started doing that meditation every day and I, immediately, like literally within days was so much less hard on myself. It was like the voice in my head that was all of the negative thought patterns of like, you're not good enough. You'll never get this job. Nobody likes you. No one returns your phone calls, you know, like you're never going to be successful, you know, all of these kinds of things. Like it started, the voice got quieter and I thought, oh, okay, that works. What's next? You know, like, and so little by little, I added to my practice and I tried different things. And again, I talked to my teachers and I said, this is what I'm, you know, working on. What do you suggest? You know, and they're like, well, do this for 11 minutes a day or try this. Um, and so I, I had, I sort of built up quite a robust practice, um, actually, um, unintentionally, but, um, because again, I had a lot of time on my hands and I was dedicated, (laughs) I, I was very dedicated to making a change in my life. And I, that was above all, you know, it was like now or never. I, I, I put some stakes towards it for myself as well. Cause 
which isn't something that I normally do. Um, but I knew that in order really to, to make the shift, I had to, I had to make the stakes high. And tell us a little bit more about that, making the stakes high. Well, um, I, I was turning 40 and I, um, and I just was like, what's, is this going to be it for the rest of my life? You know, um, living in my particular circumstances, um, you know, X amount of dollars in the bank account, you know, I wasn't dating anybody. I just thought everybody around me I knew was married with children. You know, I was a massive disappointment to my mother. (laughs) I needed the like, if I don't do this, it's not going to change. And I will be here a year from now and five years from now and 10 years from now. And then I'll be 70 and I'll be, you know, I mean, it was like, I had the conversation with myself in the mirror and I was just like, what are you doing? Where are you going? How do you want to live? Do you want to be, you know, have anxiety and stress you know, every day, do you, you know, is this it? And so I really, um, that's what got me down every day to do my meditation and to do, you know, to chant the mantra X number of times, even though I was like, you know, a few years earlier, I would have been like, who is this girl? Like, what is she doing? You know, <laughs> like, how is this, like, how is this even a thing? Um, you know, I was very skeptical and, um, you know, I didn't even like being around happy people. Cause I thought they were, there was something wrong with them. Um, and <laughs> so that took quite a while, you know, that was another whole thing that I had to kind of get through of like, well, actually there are people on this earth that are optimistic and happy and often have a smile on their face and don't think there's some dark thing around the corner, you know? Um, so yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting time for sure. And another one of the teachings is about creating or refreshing your self-concept. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think it's, you know, the self-concept is fascinating because how you see yourself is, it's, it's subject to a lot of influence, right? So when you're young, you're a child, you have a role in your family, you're the youngest, you're the loudest, you're the, you know, whatever, you're the shyest, you know, you're the one in the corner that doesn't want to talk to anybody. Um, You take on these roles in that family dynamic, and they often stick, you know, same in school, it's like, you're the troublemaker, you're the catty bitch, you know, you're the ringleader. Um, And they, over time, these things, you know, morph and um, become the walls, you know, that you build around yourself and the personality that you take on. I'm the pretty one. I'm the fun one. You know, I'm the, like, I'm the miser. I'm the, you know, all of this kind of thing. Some of it's based on, you know, natural like, at, you know, attributes of, you know, some people are naturally quiet, but at the same time, like they're the brilliant one in the corner. My mom always used to say, watch out for the, you know, the quiet one in the corner. They're the smartest one in the room. Um, and, you know, so it's like you take on this sort of, you know, you take on these role, you know, the, the concept of yourself over a period of time. And then, you know, it becomes so heavy. In in many cases, it becomes so heavy. And so it's like, it's like, that's where it's like, I had the, the conversation with myself in the mirror where I was talking to this like fake version of myself of like, what's, what do you have going on right now? Like, how did I, I it was interesting too, because in, in, in the yogic tech, particularly in Kundalini, it's like, we don't actually care how it came how you how you came to that because it's just like take you as you are it's like this is the way that you are today so do the add the yoga add the mantra add the thing and you know see if you feel better a lot of traditional therapy is about breaking it down let's talk about that you know the thing your mother said to you in the second grade or you know every night when your father came home you know he bellowed in your room why haven't you done your homework and you felt less than even if you actually had done it but you're already a failure in their eyes so whatever the thing is you know in traditional um more traditional therapies it's that analysis it's the 
And you know, you might've heard the term analysis paralysis, literally you can get lost in that. You're hearing yourself tell the same story over and over and over again. I'm this way because my parents did this to me. I'm this way because I grew up this way, or you know, I grew up in that part of town and therefore I am X, Y, Z. And we actually have the opportunity to change that self-concept. Some people in those circumstances never let it define themselves. And we see that actually interestingly in politics in, in some cases, right? Where it's like, so-and-so was brought up this way and they've, you know, they, they overcame their blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and here they are and it's this like rags for riches story or whatever. And it's interesting because some people are like, I never bought into the story I was fed where I grew up in this part of town or I came up in this circumstance or everybody that worked at McDonald's, you know, was in a dead end job. Like I did it. I had, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's different, some people never attach themselves to this. They, I, in my opinion, are the minority, <laughs> I think. I admire them immensely. Most people, in my experience, do attach themselves to these stories that are brought, that they self and co-create with their family, with their environment, with their culture, their community. They play their role in the thing. And over time, or, you know, whether it's immediate or, you know, you make a plan to get beyond it, you absolutely can. You absolutely can shed these skins. You can change that self-concept. You can become something completely different. Actually, um, you know, I, I would just say like in my immediate family, and it's something that I didn't even think about, but someone in my community had spoken to about it. It's like my father came from a terrible growing up you know, he was in and out of orphanages. He was adopted as a six-year-old, you know, six-year-olds are like, they, they know what's going on at six years old, you know, he, and um, he changed his name at six when he was adopted, brand new name, brand new him. And he has, a, it's a totally different person we, who I don't need, I wouldn't even know who that kid is. You know, my father probably doesn't even know who that kid is, but there was a real, that was a real um, clear chance to start over again. And most of us don't have that experience where it's like a clear thing. Some people do this where they change cities, they move, you know, they get a new job, they leave, you know, we see this, I always was an observant of this in college where it was like the kids that come to college that go total nuts and like start drinking and binging and this, that, and the other. It's like, they were like a totally different person at home with their family in high school. And it's like, they used that as an excuse to completely change their entire self-concept. And the people that met them in that second stage would have absolutely no idea what they were like before. And they're not even looking at it. It's like, they're, it's completely gone. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to detach from our roles and also to detach from our strengths. So there's a teaching where your strengths are really going back to childhood. It's a pattern. You know, you learned somewhere at some point that if I don't behave in this manner, then I'm not going to receive love. So you developed that strength in order to get what you wanted. Yeah. And it's a matter of peeling those away to really discover who you are. I also remember to my mother always said to me, there's always someone smarter and richer than you in the room, in the room <laughs> or whatever. Like there's always someone, you know, we would be at these like Hollywood things or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, this is so exciting or whatever. You feel so great about yourself. Like I'm in the room. Da, da, da. And my mom was the total realist. And she was like, there's always someone richer. There's always someone smarter. And it's like, it kind of just like puts you down a little, you know, but at the same time, it's, it, it does help you not get attached to the thing because, you know, so you make $10 million 
so your business is on, you know, the Forbes 500. It's like, there's other people on that list too. You know, are they happier than you? Like, what's the measure of success in this scenario? Where do you find authenticity? Where can you sort of like embody and relax into the situation that you're now co-creating because you know you can stay on this hamster wheel of achievement success you know getting up the ladder but uh, to what end you know where where does literally like where does it end because you know it can end in a heart attack it could end in you know it could end in they don't think you're relevant anymore and you know you lose your job and then if you're so tied up into that concept of i'm this i'm that i'm those outside things then you're at a major disadvantage over the long term that's my that's what i think <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so important for people to reflect on. You know, this past year, there's been so much change, so much transition, and for some people, a tremendous amount of loss, whether it's a loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a business, we're all being called to shake up our patterns and answer the question, who are we? And what's important? And how do we want to show up? Yeah. And to realize that in any moment, you can decide to shift. You absolutely can. And I think that it's very, I think it's just really hard. And I just would like to acknowledge that like a lot of people don't feel like they have access to this, like to this, the idea or the concept because they're so they're in survival mode, they're in fight or flight, or they've been put in a situation where it, this isn't even a consideration, you know what I mean? And it's like, the fact of the matter is, is that I really believe that wherever you are having time to check in with yourself, even for a few moments, you know, is just incredibly important. It's incredibly important. And, and we have seen so much, you know, certainly in the early days of, of this COVID situation and the shutdown of, you know, communities coming together and, you know, you'd see these like crazy, like people would be having, you know, social distance picnics on their lawns or, you know, um, making art, putting art up in their windows and really like showing, you know, the best of themselves in their communities and that kind of thing. But as, as this has gone on, it's become scarier and scarier. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are really fighting for survival and, um, I, but I really still believe in the heart of it is, you know, us as individuals being, being one with ourselves and taking that time to love and acknowledge ourselves and, and focus inward in order to be able to survive on the outward. Mm -hmm. And what advice or how are you connecting with people in these times. My mom and I went for coffee this morning wearing the masks and the woman behind the counter didn't understand us and we didn't understand her and the change was all wrong. And we know who she is. And it was just like, what is going on here? We, we can't even communicate anymore. <laughs> How are you handling these virtual times? Um, well, I might be um, a, a, an outlier, but I'm a fan of Zoom. I'm into it. I'm really, I really am. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I feel like um, it actually on some level, there is an intimacy to it where it's like almost with the screen, like it gives us permission um, where we might not have had it before. Um, I'm you know, I'm an introvert, so I'm not around, like I choose to be alone more often than in a group. Um, so in that regard, I have had like no problems. Like I'm, I'm totally fine not having my, you know, eve like Saturday night out on the town with the friends and the thing and the whatever. Um, so in that regard, like, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question. <laughs> yes. Even setting your intention before a team call or scanning, you know, who on the team do I need to check in with today? Yeah. Using those Jedi skills to better connect. That's absolutely the case for sure. I mean, I think it's, it's certainly 
tuning in and, you know, really understanding um, where people at, you know, where am I at? Do I need a check-in? Like, and I'll, I'll definitely do it. I'm, I'm trying to be more on the, um, if I think of someone, I'll reach out right away. I used to not do that. Um, And some people would say things, you know, when you get that like hit of spark of intuition, like you got to act on it now. Um, And that goes for like business ideas too. It's like, you know, they're, dime a dozen like people are having ideas constantly the question is like are you going to take advantage of it when you get the idea or is somebody else going to find that idea a year from now and do it very successfully even if you had a chance previously I mean so I think definitely listening to the intuition if it's I mean I called you one you know not long ago and I was like I'm just thinking of you I had to call you know and and you happen to be there and pick up and so I think that um that definitely is um, an area that I'm I'm trying to pay more and more attention to. It's like if if I'm getting the hit, like I've got to reach out to this person. I haven't spoken to them in a while. Um, versus like being sort of a passive observer of like, oh, you know, you watch their life go on go by on Facebook. Um, you know, that's the, that's the, one of the benefits I think of the Facebook birthday. Um, I'm like, I'm really into this, right. Where it's like, it's your birthday on Facebook and you hear from all kinds of random people, um, from all times of your life. And you're like, how does this person even know what, like that's good for them. I'm so glad that they like brought their, you know, came up and reintroduce themselves to me as it were, you know, cause a lot of times with stuff like that, it's like people, you know, different times in your life, but you don't have an ongoing connection, but you think of them fondly and you hope that, you know, they're thriving and whatever they're doing. And so I love that. That's one of my favorite things about social media. <laughs> yes. Agreed. And another law of success from the Kundalini teachings is if somebody is avoiding reaching out to you, you reach out. I think this is definitely an area where I personally could be better. It's curious too. It's like, I do think about this as well. It's like, what makes a good friend, you know, and this has come up a lot, like in our women's groups, it's like, reach out to someone, you know, um, support them. Um, and people are absolutely doing this. And I think that there's a heightened level of generosity right now where people really are, um, you know, taking time for their offerings, like, you know, giving a free whatever, like I'm a coach, I'll give you 10 minutes or I'm a this, I'll give you a free reading or let's exchange this for that. Or, you know, you need marketing help. I need this. And I think that there's a lot more of that going on right now, certainly in our community where people are, um, Get there, the give and take is strong, and um, and it's really that piece is extremely exciting to see. Um, and certainly for me, that's a that's a lifelong lesson. <laughs> yes. So, what's next for you? Well, um, in the last several years, I've been doing an extraordinary amount of traveling, and that's been real. Obviously, that's stopped entirely. Um, and so it's been a real shift, um, a real change of what is next without the travel, how, you know, a real different, slightly different approach to how our businesses are run. There's been a major pivot towards digital. Um, and certainly, you know, in regards to business, that's definitely more of an area that we're focused on, um, with still an eye of like, when can we meet together again in person? (laughs) Um, and you know, all of the experiences that we, you know, that we want to have going on. So I think for me, it's really about that, but interestingly, I'm in a, I'm in a, um, time where I've heard this phrase um, called the magic dark, right? Where it's like the the dark before the dawn or whatever, where things are kind of like, where everything's kind of chill. Like you're just doing your thing. You're doing some strategy. You're working on yourself. And like with, or I should say with an expectation that at some point there is going to be a shift and we're all going through such a difficult time. I've actually been learning astrology the last couple of years. I'm so into it. It really speaks to like my math, (laughs) my math self. (laughs) I always love doing math. Um, And um, astrology is, you know, it's the, it's the stars. It's all angles. It's, um, you know, there is definitely an art to it, but there certainly is some significant science 
Um, so I've been learning astrology and I'm really enjoying that. And, um, and as I've been, you know, monitoring it, it's like just seeing the thing, seeing the thing move. We're just, it's just, it's moving slowly in some ways and it's moving super fast in other ways. And so part of what I've been working on too, is these, um, the, the cycles and kind of going in with the cycles um, and really experiencing them and feeling them. And then whether there's a flare up or whether there's, you know, a more of a relaxation where you're kind of like going in and out and sort of like working the energy that way. Um, and that's been kind of interesting to, you know, to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm an observer, so we'll, we'll see how it, how it ends up. Yes. And life is a spiral, not a straight line. And life is what happens when you're making other plans, right? So that's kind of also where I'm at, which is kind of where I was at the beginning when I started doing Kundalini, which is like, which is really in a position of faith and surrender. I don't actually know what's going to happen next. I think a lot of us, you know, we don't know if our businesses are going to reopen or, you know, we'll be able to go have dinner with our with our friends or have a family reunion anytime soon. And so there's that piece too of just going, not only just going inwards, cause that's fun, but, you know, going with the flow of no expectation. I mean, this could go on for a long time. It might not, it might end tomorrow. So be ready. Yes, absolutely. And for anyone who's interested in kundalini yoga, I will include the meditation that you mentioned earlier in the show notes. And then I know Rama also has a trial period where you can try it out for free. Is that right? So Rama TV, um, rama-tv.com, you can get uh, it's daily kundalini yoga classes and you can get a two week free trial is our offer. And it's only $19 a month. It's super affordable. Um, and I think a great value if you're interested in trying out kundalini yoga, um, there's thousands of classes and meditations and, you know, see if you like it. Yes, it's a great entry point into the teachings. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you, Joanna, for your insights and wisdom. And thank you for listening to the Work Can Be Different podcast. Visit the show notes at christydaniels.com forward slash podcast forward slash Joanna. J-O-A-N-N-A. And if you have a specific question or challenge you'd like advice on, you can reach us at christydaniels.com forward slash podcast. The music today is by the mystical mantra artist Osley. That's O-S-L-E-E underscore music on Instagram.